Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So a very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live. This is our final show of the season coming to you from the Player of the Year dinner here at the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes and we've got a full house uh, joining us here uh, in crossbars at the Valley, the fans bar, to, to look back at what's been a very difficult season, if we're being honest. But I'll just take you around the table uh, just to let you know who's here uh, so far this evening. So um, first up on my left-hand side is Lewis Gatt. How are you doing, Lou? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, recovered from yesterday yet? Just about. Yeah, yeah. just about. I mean, happy to be here today. Yeah. Um, happy the season's over. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that is, that is very <laughs> much. It's like, it's like when you go to a funeral, it's a celebration of someone's life. When you come to the Player of the Year dinner after this season, it's a celebration of the fact that it's gone. You know, it's the, almost an opposite of a funeral, I guess. You know, we're, we're celebrating the fact that we're never going to have to talk about this season again after tonight. Also joining me to do that here at the uh, the Valley is uh, Mr. Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nath? Living the dream, buzzing to celebrate this season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's um, it's going to be a strange evening, we'll put it that way. Well, it's done now. We can celebrate that it's over once and for all and look forward to uh, us smashing it out of the water next year. It's one so. of those things where we can sit back and laugh about what's happened. Oh yeah, well you either laugh or cry, don't you? Yeah, so. yeah. Well, we, we, we'll um, we'll take you further around the table now. So also joining us is a uh, Charlton Life stalwart of many years and uh, Valley Past commentator as well, or Charlton TV commentator, I should say. Terry Smith, how you doing, Terry? Oh, good. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're yeah, looking I'm resplendent, I should say, in your shirt. You're very kind. Thank you very yeah. much. I, I, I do mean the same for everyone. No, no, the they're not. I am. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And uh, finally, uh, is Mr. Benji Cloak. Benji, uh, again, are you happy that the season's come to an end? Yeah, I like the way you put it. It's a nice, positive way to end it. Seeing it off in style. Yeah, exactly. So uh, on the on this uh, this evening's pod, as always at our Player of the Year dinners, I mean, it's worth remembering, of course, this is, this is our first in-year Player of the Year dinner since 2019. Um, so it's a real privilege and an honour to be here uh, with so many Charlton fans in the uh, the fans bar at the Valley. Um, we will be joined, as we always do on these uh, on these shows, by the, the players and the management. Uh, Thomas Sangard has already spoken to me this evening and said he'll come and speak to us later as well. So we, we will have a show packed with interviews for you. And th- there will be some really interesting conversations, I think, to have tonight with some of the players, the management. And, and as I say with Thomas, you know, we know that, that this has been a really dreadfully disappointing season. And, and we will be having to have some, some tough conversations with those people. So that I think tonight, whereas the, la- the last couple of years we've done this, Terry... The last two years we've had an in-person Player of the Year dinner. Both seasons we were about to go into a playoff campaign. So th- th- that's a very different evening to this one. Less pressure. So <laughs> I'm lying through my teeth, of course. It's, it's going to be... A re- it's a, I think you said it before. Everybody said it already. It's a celebration of the fact it's over rather than a celebration of the season itself. Mm. Because it has been... Um, bit of a car crash isn't it, really? yeah and uh, in a few moments time I think Scott Minto is going to start to introduce the players so be- before we break off to, to welcome the players I guess um, uh, out of all of us I think Terry you were the only one who was there yesterday enduring that, that 4-0 game and we will 
we won't spend too long on it no, because this, this, this is a, a review of the season, of course, rather than a review of that specific game. But Terry, that was a. I'll put it on Twitter. It was an embarrassing oh, performance. They were in was, the game for two minutes. Yeah, it was an basically. embarrassing performance, and it ended a dreadful season. It probably took away a- any anything that people were taking from that last nine games where we've won six. And you're like, all right, at least we're going into the summer on a decent footing. I mean, that that I think that was wiped out in in 90 minutes of football yesterday. We were talking to people at Ipswich before the game, and everybody was musing about how the game would go last last game of the season. Dead rubber for both sides. Nothing to play for as such. And they said, oh, this could end up in a bit of a bore fest. Nil-nil draw and, and you know, both teams just wanting to be on holiday. Well, only uh, only 50% of the team got that right. Mm, yeah. And it, it Do you want me to say that again to get the uh, rude word out of the way? <laughs> it was fine. It's fine. It's, it's a live broadcast. <laughs> if you heard any offensive language, I blame... Yeah. Uh, one team one team was on holiday, the other team wasn't. Yeah, was that. yeah. And uh, that, that's, that's the way these these things go. Yes. So, I mean, the, the, the manner of the... The goals was disappointing, but the manner of the performance sort of in between it, we had a couple of chances, I'll take that, but we, we didn't really look like taking them yesterday. One, one good save from Stockley, one where he hit the bar, one where Washington scooped over, but I thought generally our play was pretty poor. We weren't creating many chances. I mean, what, what does it say about where we are compared to an Ipswich team? Who Don't forget, before yesterday, had only and one in five. I mean, they, they, were, they were streets ahead of us, and they will feel a lot more confident about their stride into next season than we will. I think they started reasonably. Both teams started brightly. It looked like it was going to be end-to-end stuff. And then we made a mistake at the back on the right-hand side and it allowed them to uh, to put the ball into the middle of the box. And yeah, the fella hit a worldie, Backinson, I think it was, hit an absolute worldie into the top corner. And I think they got they lifted from that and we went in completely the opposite direction. And then it was mistake after mistake after mistake for the opening quarter of an hour. I think we were lucky to only concede two in that opening quarter of an hour, by the way. Uh, the second goal was a classic example of the mistakes we've made all season basically not following runners all that sort of stuff uh, and yes we made a change and we um, we were better for the following half an hour but not, not much we didn't create almost anything mm. in that first half and in the second half we were hoping to start maybe get back in the game and then we can see the goal in the opening five minutes and then it's that's uh, yeah, over then 3-0 and, and they could have got five or six yes we had three or four chances but they could have had a considerable number more than they actually did have so let's not paper over the cracks it was it was a very poor performance mm, I mean how, how much does it say about how many of those I, mean, I think it was eight eight players who were involved in that squad yesterday are either coming to the end of their loans or coming to the end of their contract what, what did that performance say to you about those players who are in that position and whether they want to be here next season well if you send players out who are on in that position and say right and it doesn't happen over one game of course it happens over, over more than one but if you're sending players out and say right convince me to sign you convince me to give you an extra contract convince me that you need to be here. I don't think any of them can, uh, can have probably put their hand on their hearts and said uh, they, they did enough to do that. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, well, we've papered over that, I think, enough. Um, in the next few moments, I think uh, Ian and, and then Scott Minto, who's hosting uh, the evening uh, for the Player of the Year dinner, will be introducing the players. So we're going to break off. We're going to wait until the players have come, and then we're going to give you a bit of a season review, uh, which, again, might come with a, a parental guidance rating, but we will, uh, we will see. So we'll be back, back in a few moments' time. Charlton Live. Right, so the players and management are in the building now. They're all sitting down enjoying uh, their dinner. Um, some of the goals from the Goal of the Season award have just uh, flashed up on the screen. So I think we're still waiting for the uh, announcement of who that will be. Um, the, the, the microphone isn't working great from Scott Minto, so we haven't actually really heard any of the player entrances on the pod, but that's just the way these things go, unfortunately. But I will go down and make sure we get the audio for the, uh, the ceremony. So, I mean... It, it's got to that time now, Lewis. I mean, we, we did a bit of 
looking back on Thursday, but um, I, I don't know if if yesterday sort of clouds how I was feeling a bit on Thursday. You know, I, I spoke about massively disappointing season. Feel like we're going into the summer on a, a bit of a footing, just something to calm the nerves a little bit. You know, there's a massive rebuild that needs to happen. Yes, yesterday. It, it just took an element of that away from me, so I'm, I'm not sure how I feel when I go into this summer. I, I think I feel probably as bad as I did during that seven-game winless run because it was so, so despairing yesterday. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, coming up against a side that similar, similar boat to us, maybe you know underachieved this season considering where their expectations are set um, before the season started, same as us and. You know, I think it was, a, it was probably a bit of a test, as you say, to go somewhere to a side that will probably be up there wanting to challenge with us next season. Uh, both teams with nothing to play for. Um, so to go up there and, and to lose the way we did was, was obviously incredibly disappointing. And it's kind of a closing note to, as we've said, a very disappointing season. But yeah, it, you know, obviously improved over the last few, the last few weeks with some good results, a good win against Shrewsbury at home for the last game here at the Valley. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just it. It was kind of a, a fitting close to what's been a very, mm. a very forgetful season. And you know, we've we've got to, as you said at the start of the show, we've got to kind of bury it now, celebrate that it's over, and, and start looking ahead to next year. Yeah. So I mean, J- Jacko said yesterday, Nathan, it's a, a timely reminder of where Charlton are. So the the question that comes out of that is, where are we? Like, we're, we're nowhere, aren't we? Uh, we're not anywhere positive at the moment. I don't think. Um, but look, I don't. It's been a bad season, uh, but I'm still quite optimistic of next year. I don't, Why? Well, it's a gen- genuine question. What's yeah. that based on? Where, where we are. Like, I don't know. I just think every season there's some sort of sense of optimism. Otherwise, there's no point me coming if I'm not going to be optimistic. But we're in a bad place right now. We've had a pants season. Of course we have. But there's a lot of players out of contract. There's a lot of work to be done. I just think it depends on the work that they do and who we bring in. Um, and hopefully my optimism will be backed up. But it might might not be but mm. all right, it can't right. so, worse surely yeah so I mean I was so I was asked a question yesterday about is there optimism amongst the fan base that this is going to be sorted out and, and I, I said I, I felt the majority of fans that I speak to there isn't optimism mm. so I, I am genuinely is it just the football fans blind hope that you're talking about or are you seeing a structure in place a management team in place what are you seeing in place that you think has got the ability to take so, us further yeah I mean I, I I can't really argue against it really like when you look at Twitter and the forums it there is quite a negative vibe and I'm just maybe I'm wired differently maybe I'm naive but uh, you're definitely wired probably yeah he's wired differently but I think you know what maybe I'm clinging on to a hope where I've seen it I know the the structure was a little bit different when Paoli was here but I know it can be done but I'm just in the camp of I don't really want to ruin my own summer being so negative about I want to look forward to something um and maybe that does make me an idiot, you know. But that's. But I understand everyone's frustrated. I'm frustrated, like everyone else. But I just want to try and believe that it will change for the better, um, and we'll have a more positive season next year. But I agree. Like from what I hear, it's a lot more negative than positive. But you've got to expect that for the poor season we've had. Mm, I mean, Terry, you are probably one of life's optimists. I think that's <laughs> fair. But I mean, so I, I'll put the same question to you then. So again, I, I, I. I think the majority of fans I speak to are certainly a little bit a little bit of trepidation going into the summer as to what's going to happen what do you do you feel there is a you know I mean, I mean this is this is a massive summer for Thomas Sangal as I said, I'm, I'm really hoping he will be good on his word and come on to the podcast because I mean we've got loads of questions and and we've got to 
get the measure of where he is as well, I guess. I'd replace the word optimistic with hopeful, I think. I, don't, I, wouldn't like, I, I probably wouldn't put my hand on my heart and say I'm optimistic. That comes with being a Charlton supporter generally because most seasons <laughs> I don't think I'm optimistic ever. So, uh, but I'm hopeful. We, we've, got, we've got stuff in place. We've got everything in place, theoretically, to, to go on from here. Uh, and I put it to Johnny Jackson yesterday in the post-match that that game yesterday, if anything that came from yesterday, is it that he's looked at that and realised, which he probably did already, but realised for sure, just what work needs to be done. Mm. You look at what that performance was yesterday and realise how far away we are from a team that finished 12th, or 11th, sorry, in Ipswich. And that's the work that needs to be done. Mm. And I'm hopeful that they know that now, they know what needs to be done, and it will be done. Ben, it's effectively the same question for everyone now, because I feel like we need, I need to gauge how people are feeling, because a lot of people... You know, and the name that has come up—it's about the people in the positions in the club. You know, and we had a fan on the show a few weeks ago. Fans bar in this very room—it feels like a very different room, doesn't it? But um, in this very room, a fan told me that you know someone like Martin Sangard would he be in this role anywhere else in League One? No. So is there, is there the confidence that those people behind the scenes, obviously Steve Gallen's still involved, he's done a good job over the years. Is there a, a confidence in in your heart that there's enough? in the building to help us build that squad the way we want it to be built? Well, I think that's the biggest question of all because obviously last season we said on Thursday that the transfer activity was way too slow and when we started the season we couldn't even fill the bench with senior players. We had to fill it with youngsters. So that's a big question. It's there to be answered in in the next month, I think, because we'll see who we've kept on as players for next season and then see where we go fill the gaps but whether I think the people in this room now are the right people to make the transfer activity is because it's their first especially someone like mine Sangal it's his first summer here so if he's going to have a big deal on transfers with Steve Gallen and bring in the players then it's it's there to be seen what happens now but yeah I'm, I'm the same with Terry really hopeful um, rather than optimistic we took some positives from the game last week and then it seems those positives have gone out the window because as you so rightly said we're playing a team that finished 12th but they seem miles ahead of us so yeah it's it's what happens in the next month now who we keep on and who we're going to rye up I mean there's teams you look Gillingham Wimbledon went down yesterday are we looking at some of them players to quickly nab as soon as possible like that's the perfect way to look at it because they've got some decent players but how quickly we go will will affect the summer now mm, yeah well that, that was the main talking point wasn't it last summer Lewis was that we weren't quick enough in the transfer window to do our business and, and poor old Nigel Atkins if you remember him didn't get that that pre-season you know we ended last season well we were outside of the playoffs on goal difference it felt like there was a base to build on from there you know there was again turnover as you'd expect um, but a lot of people said in the in the summer our transfer activity was too slow and it meant that we were on the back foot I mean because we're looking back at the season as a whole I guess but that, that, that is something you hope they will learn from this year because we can't have the 13 games at the start of next season the same as the 13 games at the start of this one No, definitely not and you're right in what you say with the the activity being too slow because it's something that we've we've shared as a as a frustration over the not just under the Sangard era but but in general it's something that has been our Achilles heel 
um, by seasons gone by that we've we've maybe not been as reactive to the transfer market as we should have been. I know last summer there were a few things with with coming off the back of COVID and and crowds coming back in. There may have been financial commitments to to pull the club through uh, the pandemic in a different way, which you know we can understand and that that will affect most clubs in the football league. But when when you come out and you set your expectations so high as as Thomas did. Um, it maybe for me it didn't feel like that was matched uh, early on in the window I think you know doing your your business early is critical because like you say you, you get that full pre-season to prepare you can try different shapes systems different players in different areas and work out what your best 11 is and I, I think throughout the entire season both under Nigel and, and under Jacko we've, we've never really seen what that best 11 is and where where the players suit best and you know, hopefully, I really do hope that it's a lesson that we learn because I thought we would learn it from from being that way under Roland, and we didn't last season, uh, this season. So you know, that's happened now and it's gone. But we do have to take these lessons uh, and these mistakes forward and, and learn from them, and that will be critical for where we go next season because you know we talk about players that are out of contract and, and things like that, and we're starting to try and build a bit more stability by the players we did bring in being on longer term deals. So there is that there is going to be that natural transition, but if we're going to do the business early, you know you you know what players you're going to lose at, at the end of June. I'm sure we already know who they're going to be within you know within the management team, and, and it's important that when when that business is done, that we jump on it early and try and plug those gaps. Hmm. Uh, well, let's, let's look back at the as the season as a whole, then Nathan. Take, take us back to that first. 13 games under Nigel Atkins. So, so, all right, so, I mean, yeah, you've drawn the short store twice already this evening. But, I mean, so, we, we, we drew New England with Sheffield Wednesday opening day. You're like, okay, not a bad result. Sheffield Wednesday, I think they went on to have a really good run at the start of the season. Obviously, they've got into the playoffs at the end of the season. Um, how, how do you assess what then went, went on in those 13 games after? Because we had the, the, the two defeats, Oxford and Milton Keynes, in close succession. It took us five or six games to beat, you know, to get our first win against Crewe. We had this... Uh, international break where we thought we'd come back be strong and we got if anything worse um, seemed to you know that, that 4-1 defeat against Bolton is one that will lo- uh, live long in the memory we were, we'd actually played okay for a little while and then the last hour or so uh, last half an hour or so just capitulated and then we thought we thought that might be the final the, the final sort of countdown for Nigel then we went and beat Fleetwood and we were like okay another international break let's come back from that we went to that game at Lincoln and you know we were fuming at the end of it and then we had Atkinson and then he was gone so I mean it, it feels like a million years ago but that did set the tone for this season didn't it very much yeah it did I think um, I mean at the beginning of the season there was a couple of results you're thinking oh maybe he's trying to get the get the team to gel and stuff but there was just our attacking play we were, I thought, thought Jaden was so isolated and Connor was playing out wide um, and we just wasn't really clicking as a unit, as a, as a cohesive unit. And um, yeah, like you say, there were some there were some home games, um, like you say, the Atkinson game and and the Bolton game, which were yeah, it was pretty poor really. And I mean, it got to that point in the season, and you're actually looking at the season, going, well, how how bad can we actually get, and how far away far away can we be from the players? Because ultimately, we wanted to do that, but. It wasn't nice. Um, I think there were games where I think there was, you know, Dobbo was playing in there, but he had to do all the work. I think you tried Watson in there a deep. He played Morgan in there a deep. But I just think the whole start of that season, it just looked disjointed. And when you don't have a, a cohesive unit, you're never going to do well in this division. You look at all the teams around us, they play well as a team. And ultimately, that's, that's that slow start 
caught up with us in the end because we were so far behind. Mm. I mean, when when Nigel was sacked, Terry, um, it, it was. I don't know. It, it, it probably. I mean, some suggested it could have come a couple of weeks earlier. I think like, you know, maybe that maybe that game against Bolton was one where I thought he may have been let go. Um, it, it, it had, obviously, it was the right decision at the time. There's, there's no coming back from that. But do you, do you think it took too long to make that decision? Could, could we have made this charge a bit earlier? Yeah, I think so. I think um, maybe the fact that he's finished the previous season so well gave him uh, a bit of a get out of jail free card, if you like, or, or made it made the, the ownership more reluctant to uh, to get rid of Nigel Atkins because of what he did at the end of the previous season so that you naturally assume that he has the ability to do it and he has done it with previous clubs so you give him chance after chance I guess uh, and yeah probably in hindsight should have gone sooner and I think um, I sort of agree with Nathan but I also think that um, I'm wondering whether or not and we talk about recruitment the style in which he wanted to play football didn't necessarily suit the players we ended up with. Because that's going to be my next question for you, Tell. Why, why did it go so badly wrong for Nigel Atkins? Because he did so do well at the, the, like, the, well the end of last season. Yeah, the players that maybe he wanted, and, and we know there were targets that we didn't get, many targets we didn't get. So the style of play that he wanted to keep playing maybe didn't suit the side we had. And don't forget, he hardly played George Dobson at all, and he's almost certainly going to end up with a trophy this evening. So I think that shows that he wasn't really sure what his best side was with the squad we had. And I think we never recovered from that. And Johnny Jackson came in and he, um, he stabled the ship. He also went on a run that was fantastic. But then injuries told. So where, where would we have been had Johnny Jackson been at the start? Or that we had this, if we'd have had the start that we had in the middle and then confidence builds, who knows? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you look back at some of the decision-making. It's, it's something, I can't remember who I was chatting with now, um, but we were talking yesterday, Ben, about how at some points, you know, Jaden Stockley was not even in the side. It might be, I think you might have said it over the weekend. I mean, that, that's remarkable now to look back at that. I mean, was it a case of Nigel was scrambling around so much to try and find something that worked and he never, he never found a formula that worked for him with the personnel he had this season, the formation he had this season, nothing just clicked. And, and again, it, it's so hard to put your finger on why when it was a little bit better last season. Yeah, I guess last season we had a continued team that was playing well. We kind of picked up the reins from where Boya left off and the team was just gelling well and we were keeping with the same team that was working where this season, yeah, it was baffling some of the changes to the side. I mean, I remember like, no offence, but Josh Davison kept getting picked over Jaden Stockley and that should never have been the case and it showed. Um, just having a regular team a regular identity of how we wanted to play football was sorely missing and that again as Terry just said there he probably should have gone earlier but because of his performances and his credibility in this league from what he did with Scumfort we kept relying on oh it will come good and oh, we will find some identity of how to play again clinging on to posit um, some positivity but it just never came in the end, did it? And as soon as Jacko came in, formation, way we wanted to play, and it just started to click. And players that weren't playing, we were all scratching our heads to us why Nigel couldn't see why they, why they shouldn't be in the team. Mm. I, I went on the uh, Proud Valiant Centre Season Zoom call the other day, and they had uh, 
a, a couple of players on Sam Lavelle and, and Adam Matthews were like the guests and, and, and questions were invited from the audience and I'll never miss, a, never miss an opportunity to ask a question. So I, I did ask, you know, what, what was the difference between Jacko and, and, and between Nigel Atkins? When Jacko came in, I think one of the two chaps said there was almost less focus on too much information being given to the side and we saw like a an overnight and it was an overnight click from that that game against Accrington to the game with Sunderland in Jacko's first first one as, as caretaker manager and it was a completely different side we saw um, and and you know that it felt like the energy was back in the team that had been missing and there will be questions as to why that, that wasn't there in the first part, but it, it was remarkable how quickly Jacko was able to turn it around in that spell as well. Yeah, I mean, you look back at that, that game up at Sunderland, it was an absolutely sensational turnaround pretty much overnight. You know, Nigel left on well, the Thursday, something like that, and Jacko took the reins for that game. And, and as you say, it, it was a completely different side that we saw out there. And as Benji alluded to, players that could get nowhere near the, the 18 were in the starting 11 all of a sudden. And, it was almost like when Jacko took over, there was somebody there who knew what it took to wear a Charlton shirt and to wear it well and what the fans sort of expect in terms of performance levels and effort. You know, we were going up to Sunderland that day and I don't think any of us expected to win. And we went up there and we did, but we didn't just win the game. We absolutely dominated it and we looked like a totally different side to the side that got got thumped, what, by Accrington Stanley four days prior. So, you know, there, I think the change as we say it, it was needed I think Nigel as it was alluded to maybe didn't get didn't get the players in he wanted maybe struggled to implement his his style of play and what he wanted to get out of the players and Jacko took the reins maybe at the time as a manager but also as somebody that the players could relate to because he's somebody that has not long ago finished his own playing career you know he's a chief promotion at this club both as, a, as an assistant manager and as a player and I think players maybe related to him a little bit better and he, he probably got on a, on a different level with them than, than Nigel did and we saw that immediate impact when, when he took over as caretaker. Nathan, you're getting all the tough ones but um, so, so it goes from that nine game spell where we were loving life you know, I think we, we had one defeat under Jacko and his caretaker spell that was away at Shrewsbury it was a last minute loss we, we hadn't played particularly well but it was a, a, a defeat um, and we bounce back, you know, we have wins against Ipswich and Cambridge, and, you know, they, one of the goals from the Ipswich game was in the, the goal of the season reel that they've been playing. Um, I, I want to know why it went from that to what happened for the next few weeks after uh, after we had that initial, you know, basically as soon as Jacko got the permanent job, which all the fans were calling for, you know, there was, there was barely a fan that didn't want to see Jacko get the, the job based on his caretaker spell. Um, there was fans wondering why it was taking him so long to be given the job. Why, why did it then click? Is it as simple as injuries? You know, we, we, could never, we never seemed to get Stockley and Washington on the pitch at the same time after that, and then we had a long spell without Stockley. Is it as simple as that? Is there more, more to it? Did the players not have that same level of energy and, and um, enthusiasm that we saw in that nine-game spell? Um, I, well, I think the injuries 100% pay, pay, you know, paid a part in it. There's no way that you can go to teams like Wigan and the other teams we played around there and... You know, and poor old you know Mason was still, you know leading a line on his own, and you know he could did as much as he could. That obviously played a part. Injuries, of course, you know, for, to, to key players, but momentum as well. I think when we you mentioned the early games in December against you know the Cambridge, the Ipswich, and the Plymouth, momentum's a like a big thing in football. And the swing between Nigel Atkins and Jacko was we went back to basics. We just done the basics things right, and then we sort of went on that little bit of a run. And you know, momentum happens. 
confidence goes, and you, you you go in a little bit of a bad run of form, and we just I just did, there was always disjointed there was, all the time. There, nothing ever really clicked. So I think there's going to be times in a season where you know it went down down the pan a bit, and unfortunately for us, it went down the pan a bit too much for us at times. But I think. I know we're all disappointed, but in the cold light of day, we do have to say the injuries did make an impact. Of course they did, but that's not the sole issue. We've just simply not been good enough, not been consistent enough, apart from maybe George Dobson for me, um, and maybe Corey towards the tail end of the season when he's coming to his own. But I just think we've been inconsistent all round. We can't solely blame on injuries. Yeah, I mean, one of the other main talking points during that, that poor run in particular tell was tactics you know um, Jacko came in uh, rejuvenated the team with this this switch to the 3-5-2 and when it worked it worked really well um, and then when it stopped working when we had the injuries the fans got tired a lot of fans were questioning you know a lot of I asked Jacko about it numerous times he even brought it up during yesterday's post-match he's saying about how he stuck to his guns you know when there was a lot of noise and I think I'll, I'll, when if Jacko comes I will try and ask him about that uh, later but, but it was it, it's it's hard to question someone when they've got that in their minds, but is is there is there room for manoeuvre? Should there be? There, room for there always is, and I think yeah. um, I think it was, was it Wimbledon where we changed formation um, away from. We went to a four-three-three yeah, a couple exactly. of times. So, so yes, it can game, happen. Yeah. Yeah, it does depend on what squad you've got available to make it happen. Of course, you've got to have the right players to make it available. I'm not quite in that camp where you uh, you blame formations. I mean, think on teams that were beating us were playing exactly the same formation. There are a lot of teams that play three at the back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Rotherham, so Rotherham, so most of the teams doing. that have played us that have beaten us have played either identical or very similar formations. So I don't think it's about formations. I think injuries did play a huge part. The last Out of the last 14 goals that we've scored, 12 of them have been scored by players who have missed 35-plus games. You can't... You, you can't um, play a full season without that type of uh, strike power and expect to be in the top half mm. now does that mean we would have still been challenging it, I, mean, I know it's a stat and they're easy to bend and, and manipulate to how you want to read it but if Johnny Jackson had been manager all season we'd have been I think roughly on about 77-78 points now if you uh, if you add in the injuries to that equation then if we'd have had a perfect season then we'd have been there or thereabouts maybe even you know in the top two who knows does that mean you excuse the poor performances? Because there have been some. Accrington away is, is one that really sticks out in my mind, by the way, where we had a decent enough side out there to win a game of football and we just didn't turn up at all. You could look at Ipswich yesterday at the same and, and say the same. All right, it was a dead rubber, but you could still say the same. So I think you know there are still th- questions that players have got to answer and say, did I play well enough the whole season? And, and they're probably going to answer no. And yes, there are mitigating factors to that, but it's still a question they've got to answer. Mm. But in terms of tactics... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it tends to be a fallback as a, as a potential reason why we're not playing well rather than the actual reason. Mm. What about a January transfer window, Ben? So, I mean, we've just, just seen the man walk past us, Scott Fraser, one of them. Uh, you know, Chooks and EK came in. We had those couple of loanees came in. I can't remember their names because I've never seen them. Um, Niall, John and, and <laughs> Castillo. I genuinely can't remember. Is it Jose Castillo? Juan Castillo. There we go. I mean, that shows how much that he's played. I can't remember the geezer's name. Um, so... How disappointing has that been? So we've had Chucks who's had long injury problems throughout his career and, and did have one yesterday. And of course we had Scott who has had injury problems since he's come here. He seems alright when he's walking around at the dinner, thankfully. How much... I don't know, is that not, was, was our January transfer window an opportunity missed? Yeah, I think so. I looked at Bolton and Bolton had a great transfer window. 
and they kicked on from near the bottom and they finished way above us and they had a really good window and it showed when we played them at the I was going to say the Reeboks probably not Bolton University Stadium and they they outplayed us that game I thought Um, but yeah the loan market we've normally done really well at and it was just two well as we know two really poor loans where just didn't see them and I remember when Niall John came in we were saying oh that's a position we could really use help competition for places create some chances Um, especially with Chucks coming in we thought great we need another striker and he hit the ground running scored against Cheltenham that's what we want an impact because if things weren't going well and Obviously, Jaden getting that injury. We needed someone probably a little bit earlier. I mean, we had that game against Wickham down here where we lost by the odd goal. And we thought, ah, oh, that, that was really a game to kick us on a bit. Um, but yeah, it was a poor window. I think Scott Fraser, I'm looking at now, is a good signing. But unfortunately, he's had a few injuries himself. But yeah, the loan window is definitely something we need to look at improving because we've been good at that in the past. and. As everyone knows, it, it was very poor. I don't know what happened there with those two loans because that's uncharacteristic of our loans because, because we've seen the likes of Akin Famo have a good season last season, been a bit hit and miss this season. Elliot Lee have a good start and falling down the pecking order a bit. We're good at them and we know to get out of this division, we've done it before with Cullen and Bellick, those kind of players, that they can be great for us. So next season if we're going to get these loans from Premier League size we need to do our research it seems to get a right characteristic of player in uh, Lewis you're reading too much into what happened in the January transfer window some money was spent you know Chucks wasn't cheap uh, Scott Fraser wasn't cheap uh, you know obviously we haven't we haven't seen their full potential of Ivy yet because of these injuries but do you read too much into the fact that we got those two in they were good the loanies didn't work at all do, do you think that could be an indicator of how we're going to do this summer in terms of transfers I think, yeah, when you look at the the two permanent transfers we did with, with Scott Fraser and, and with Chucks, I mean, both great players. I mean, I think we've been linked with, with Scott Fraser before, maybe even pre-season before he went to Ipswich. Um, obviously, a consistent performer at this level, his time with MK Dons. Um, you know, and I think will be a real, a real a good purchase, you know, in time. He's obviously had a, a really difficult start to his life in a Charlton shirt. We had that bout of COVID when he came in and he's never really come back from that and the injury, as Benji said as well. Um, and Chucks as well, obviously we know uh, what he's capable of at this level. You know, we know the goals he brings. And again, I've been unlucky with injury, but we see what you get from Chucks because even since he's come back from that injury, you know, he's not, he's, he's been firing, he's been getting the goals. So for me, that. They're good bits of business. My biggest disappointment, which I think will be echoed by everybody, is just that we didn't take advantage of that loan market. You know, at the time we had, we were struggling with Stockley with his injuries and and Washington, and it shows how how vulnerable we were we are in that position when when we lose one of those two because I think they both complement each other when they play. Uh, so you know, it was unlucky obviously to lose both of those through injury at the same time. But obviously, bringing Chucks in was was a good idea, but we we didn't. I don't know. I feel like we should have used the market better, especially the loan window, with with Niall John and, and with Juan Castillo coming in and not really featuring or making a difference. Um, yeah, it's been uh, for me. You know, January is disappointing, but I think the season maybe maybe they're looking at it that there wasn't a huge amount to invest in this season in terms of what would come out of the you know what would come out of it come come the end of the season as we say now. Mm. So maybe, maybe they're holding back the recruitment for for the summer. Maybe we'll see a bit more investment, but. You know, if the permanent transfers of the likes of Chucks and Scott Fraser are anything to go by, then 
you know, hopefully the lessons are starting to be learned and we have a really successful summer window. Yeah, well, we'll we, we will see, I guess. Um, we've been joined by another member of the Charlton Live team now. Sue Gallup is here. So, um, so we, we've we, we, we've had the miserable task of looking back at the season as a whole. Um, I mean, I, we do because it is the Player of the Year dinner. Need to have the discussion about who will be the Player of the Year. Um, so I'll, I'll let you go first. I mean, obviously it's going to be George Dobson, but I mean, if, if, is there anything you want to say? I mean, is there anyone else you would have would have thrown into the mix? I I think I. I'm a bit biased this year, so I didn't actually vote for George, even yeah. though I think he's clearly going to win it. <laughs> um, I actually voted for Connor Washington, yeah. only because he's my favourite player, and I'm a girl, and I do things like that. So, so he's gone down with illness tonight, he can't be uh, here. He's gone down with illness, so he can't be here this yeah, evening. Yeah, no, so, yeah. He's, he's, I don't know whether there's a bit of the COVID going around again, but um, no, I think, I don't know, I think Sean Clare would have been a good shout as well, to be fair. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, absolutely, George is going to win it. Yeah, I mean, it, we've been reviewing the season as a whole. It's, it's been a thoroughly miserable season, unfortunately. How how do you see it? I mean, I, I've asked all the guys so far. How confident are you that there's the right building blocks in place? And I'm not just talking about the management. I'm talking about the ownership, the backroom, the 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 analysts, whoever is going to be involved in building the squad that goes ahead next season. How confident are you that the building blocks are in place for a real go at it next season? I mean, it's a tough question. It's a tough question. I need to think about this one, how I word it. You can word it however you want. Um, I think it's really difficult to say. I'd, I'd love to be my usual rose-tinted glasses self and say everything's going to be fine. Jacko and Yuli are going to stay and build the team that they want to build, but I don't feel that confident, no. if I'm honest. Are you, are, you, are you feeling the management position I, is up for grabs? Do you feel there's not the, the people backing and behind there? What's, what's, your view, what's the reason that you have that view? I think I'm, I'm a strong believer that if Jackie, uh, Jacko and Yuli were given free reign over who they wanted to sign, build their own squad then we've we've got half a chance but I'm not sure that they will be given what they need and and I, it's difficult it's difficult to say exactly how I'm feeling at the moment mm. without being too controversial but I, 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 we caught controversy on this show you're more than welcome I know we yeah. are yeah but it's, I, I just feel like in terms of signing players and and recruitment and scouting and that that kind of the system that is in place at the moment is not necessarily working and i feel like maybe jacko and yuli need a little bit of extra support in actually having people go out and watch games and watch players um, and see who is going to fit not only playing ability but personality wise we've always been strongest when we've had a very good group togetherness and I don't necessarily feel like we've had that for the last couple of years um, and I think that shows in the performances when, you, when you've got a team that are, have got that kind of togetherness they fight for each other they've got each other's backs they're like they cover each other they fight for the manager and I don't feel like we're getting that at the moment and, and that's the thing that worries me is things need to be different and I do I know everyone knows I love Jacko to death 
if I didn't feel he was capable, I would say it. But I do think he's capable. I just feel like he needs to be given a chance to do it his way. Mm, yeah, he, he emphasised the point about doing things his way, actually, when I spoke to him yesterday, which was which was interesting. Um, I mean, it's we, we've been saying, and we're hoping to get Thomas on the show later, but this, this was his first full year with no wage cap, no nothing, and obviously it's gone dreadfully badly. And... Um, I'd hope he'd admit it that himself. I'm sure he will admit that himself when, when he comes to speak to us. I mean, it, is, there, is there confidence in him that this will, be, this will go down as that learning, that learning curve? It, 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 is that going to be what this season will end up being? In five years' time, we will look back at this season and laugh and say, we really learned our lessons. Do you think? You'd like to think so, but I'm not entirely sure that... I mean, I've spoken to Thomas today already and, and I feel like he will openly admit how stubborn he is. Mm. So I don't think he's necessarily the sort of man that would say, actually, yeah, I made a mistake. Maybe I shouldn't have done it that way. Maybe I should have done it a different way. I don't know if he's the sort of person that as well would say, actually, no, let's try it a different way. I think that that, that, that level of stubbornness and... Um, confidence in his own decision making would overcome what is actually needed I'm being really careful with my words I'm really sorry yeah, that's, that's fair <laughs> enough thank you well I mean um, how have you enjoyed your evening so far is uh, we've been saying how nice it is to be back in person uh, for the player of the year Denny we've missed events like this where it's just all the Chomp fans you've seen you've known over the years are you having a having a good one so far yeah, it's really lovely. Table? Like we've got Mason on our table. Oh. Is he old and enough to have a beer yet, or is he old enough to have a? Yeah, no, he has yeah. actually. He's, he's, his uncle just bought him a beer. He was on the uh, the Pepsi, but <laughs> we we bullied him a little bit to have a beer. Yeah. But he's he's such a lovely kid, absolute diamond of a kid. So um, we're having a really nice time. We're having a laugh. Like you say, we haven't had this for like what two three years so it's, it's really nice to just catch yeah. up with everyone in person be able to give a give a hug and like seeing Lewis earlier seeing Terry earlier having a cuddle it's like that, that side of it I think we've all really missed um, so I think no matter how negative everyone feels that like the season might have been the fact that we're all back together is actually a massive positive yeah, excellent so well I noticed they've started bringing out the dinner as, as jealous as we're getting on this table so I'll let you go and, and enjoy your jealous. food <laughs> no is it not that good it's not all that ah uh, well <laughs> well it's probably better than my sandwich that I had chicken. yeah there we go we'll see uh, thank you for uh, it's great to have you back on the show this season I think we'll see a bit more of you again next season oh, as well definitely, yeah. definitely. I'll definitely be around and, uh, um, a lot more Next yeah, see season. Sarah's uh, pointing out that your yeah, food's there now. Chicken yeah, so, well, if you survive the Charlton chicken, we'll uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see you again next season. Thanks for all your hard work this okay, season, Sue. Great bye to bye. see you, Sue Gallup, uh, back on Charlton Live this season and here enjoying the uh, the Player of the Year uh, dinner. So uh, I started off with Sue Lewis. Um, the, the the discussion as to who will be the Player of the Year is absolutely futile because we all know it's going to be George Dobson. Is there? Uh, what should we do? Should we do worst player of the year? Shall, shall we do the player we expected the most from and got the littlest from, the least from this season? So who is the player you had a high hope from? So mine, I'm probably going to say either Jonathan Leco or Dialing Jaisimi because Dialing has had some good games. Jonathan had about two, but overall, I don't think we've seen enough from the pair of them. If you, if, if I was to throw that at you, the opposite player of the season, which one would you go for? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'd agree. Uh, Jonathan Leco. Um, 
he struggled. I think the, there was a lot of optimism, obviously, with him re-signing because of how well he did for us in the championship. Uh, so coming down to League One, given the ability we know that he has, and you know he does have that ability even now, was it was an exciting prospect. It, it hasn't quite worked out this time around. Whether that's down to uh, confidence, I know he had, he had a, an injury when he was with us last time, quite a serious injury. Whether he's still sort of got a few niggles off the back of that, um, playing a slightly out of position compared to where he's used to. Um, and there's probably a few contributing factors. I mean, obviously he's a very popular. Very popular lad among among the club. You know, we saw the love for him when he when he did sign again, and that video with with Tracy Lieber and um, with him when he when he came back was was lovely. And you can see that he really he really values it here and he likes it here. But I think he would agree that maybe he's not he's not hit his own heights. I think we expected him to come in and make a lot more of an impact. And we speak about the shortage of strikers. I think he was maybe that that opposite striker we needed when we were playing the likes of Jaden or Chucks that was that sort of quicker striker that could get in behind and we never really saw him in that role so yeah for me I think Lico, you know is, I, I wanted him to do well but I just don't think it worked out for him this season mm. uh, Nathan we talk about players who haven't made the grade this season they're respecting I'll, I'll throw another one into the mix Alex Gilby mm. I think he hasn't had the season anywhere near that we were hoping for he had spells maybe there was a couple of spells where I thought right he scored against Ipswich this is where he's going to kick on and he didn't, basically. Yeah. And there's been too many of those this season, hasn't yeah, there? Yeah, he started He started slow because he had the illness, didn't he? So I, I, I was expecting big big things from Gills if he was fit. Um, but, I mean, the two you said earlier, I mean, you can't really go against them, really. But in ben fairness, the player plays devil advocate. We're pl- picking two players who are playing in a position that they're not used to. You know, if we look at the latter part of the season, we've gone to these wing-back roles. And Leco is, you know, Leco's not a, a wing-back you know, he played well with Lyle when they played that split forwards, and and but he's not, he wasn't clicking with Stockley because he's not that sort of partnership. But yeah, Gilbert's, you know, Gilbert has been disappointing because it's just that end product. Like there was a couple of home games, a couple of away games. He shows he's got the engine, he's got the drive. Some games, but like everyone in the team, it's just been not, it's been inconsistent for me. But I think I would have to go with DJ just mainly because he had a good pre-season as well. I know you can't base everything on pre-season. But I was really looking forward to DJ this year, and it, but I feel sorry for him. You know, it's a it's a new, like I've said, it's a it's a it's a position that he's, you know, not used to. But then you can swing it the other way and say, well, Corey hasn't, and look how he's fired and how he's developed. So, but yeah, you you've got quite a few that you could pick from. <laughs> but yeah, I probably have to say, yeah, probably Jai Samey for me. Yeah, I mean, because that is part of the problem this season, Terry. Is there are too many players who fit into that category that we Elliot Lee, like he came in and started well. And I, I, I stand by. So the game they started singing his song, Burton, and because he got a song, everyone came out of that game saying, oh, what a great player. But that game was his first bad game. And I don't think he really recovered from that. No, you're right. I don't. So clearly we've just got to stop singing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stop, stop liking him completely. Uh, my shout would probably be Ryan Innes, and, and not because uh, for, for any other reason other than... Uh, check check uh, over your shoulders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's, huge, he's much bigger than me, so don't tell him, anyone. No, because he came, he, you know, he started the season, and you're thinking, you know... At his best, he's probably the, one of the best centre halves in, in the league by a mile. But then he gets injured, and you don't see him for um, for the best part of three or four months. And then he comes back, and you're you're pinning all your hopes on his back. We're suddenly going to score goals from set pieces again, and he's going to be that rock at centre half. And then he gets him sent, sent himself sent off again. So um, yeah, I think it's it's the potentials there. You know how good he is, but it just doesn't just doesn't stay on the pitch long enough for uh, either through injury or. Uh, or other reasons to, to make a significant impact. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't know, Ben, if you want to add any more to that category of players who've let you down this season, or if you want to start 
to edge the conversation on to the contract situation for players. So unless you've got anyone to add on to that, the questions start to get asked now about some of these names that we've spoken about. Elliot Lee, you know, he's going back on loan, so he won't be back, I imagine. But someone like Ryan Innes, I mean, he's out of contract. Does he get a contract extension in your book? I mean, it, the, the thing is with Ryan Innes, I don't know where he would go from here. Because no, I mean, that's more his problem than ours. If he <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the clubs are looking at him probably, and yeah, he's a great centre back. As Tell just said, on his day, his figure, he's so good in both boxes. He reads the game really well. We've seen the club pop highlights reels from a few games where he's got the tackle so right that he just like stops a goal from going in basically but as Tell said he's he's had his injury worries he's had his suspension against Wimbledon as well clocked in there I mean realistically I'd love to keep him on because as Terry said yeah he's got it so much about him but are we keeping someone that's not really going to figure that much and then is he then going to block us signing another centre back because we go oh well we've got him there but we can't rely on him enough so Again, it's what you asked me earlier with, are we going to do the business well this summer? It's, it's such a hard question to answer because the, it's unanswered. But it's, it's taking gambles now. Do we take a gamble with someone like him? Is he showing, uh, telling Jacko the right things in training to say, look, that was a mistake by me, that Wimbledon game. I'm go- I won't do that again. That's something I'll learn from. I mean, that's the first time he has done something like that. So... Yeah, but going back to what you said, I think Alex Gilby, for me, I think the person who's least uh, impressed me from someone who's got so much ability, and I think the midfield has been our biggest problem this season of not creating chances, not scoring goals. And as they said, he did have that illness earlier in the season, which probably slowed slowed him down, um, especially pre-season-wise, but... Yeah, he, he, him for me, I just feel there's such a player there. And if we can get that out there, especially with someone like Scott Fraser, I think that could be a pinnacle for us next year. But again, it's a gamble. Do we go with them again next season and go, I know you didn't do it last season so much, but we trust you to take us forward next year. It's mm. a lot of questions now. As you said, it's a, it's a tough summer for Jack Owen, Jules, Skiverton and the, the backroom staff to work out what team do we keep some of these players but it needs to be done quickly for us to head into pre-season with some games under our belt and formations to change to take us forward mm. how important is it that that we are done early this season then Lewis you know I mean the, the conversation with Connor a couple of weeks ago when we were at Cambridge was that it hadn't been offered yet and Jacko said that no one's been offered anything yet I mean that could be a sign a lot of fans took that as a good news story when well, none of them are getting a contract because none of them have been good enough but I mean I, I guess there is an element that you know, I, I personally would keep Connor Washington, for example. Uh, he had a bad game yesterday, though, <laughs> when we were talking about that. But how many of the players that, you know, should, should we have tied down some of these players early? Because if we, if we, have, if we are going to decide that we want to keep Connor Washington and we don't get him tied down and then go somewhere else, then if we haven't had that conversation early enough, then we then may be playing catch-up again. And that, and that was a problem we spoke about already. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and also maybe for a bit of morale as well. I mean, the players that, that are going to be here next year and if those players that are out of contract that haven't been offered anything yet are part of those plans, you'd like to think they would have been offered something by now. So I do find it quite strange because, I mean, Washington's a prime example for me because, yes, maybe his goal return hasn't been where we want it to be. He's had a tough couple of weeks in terms of 
you know, scuppering chances, etc. But he works incredibly hard, and, and when he does play well, he's an incredibly important player for us. And it showed earlier on in the season how much we missed him when he wasn't in it. Um, so, uh, yeah, for me, like we've said already, the business needs doing early. And the players, you know, that are out of contract, if they are going to stay, if any are going to stay, which we know none of us know around this table who is or if any are. Um, you know, I'd like to think that some of them have done enough to earn a contract because I think there is, there are players that uh, that deserve it. I, you know, I think Connor is one of those. I th- I'd like to see what happens with Jake Forstakowski because obviously the injuries that he's had, but we know on his day he's probably one of the best midfielders in the division. So... I'm maybe a little bit disappointed that we, we don't know what's happening with some of these players that are out of contract, but maybe they just wanted to get the season done with before before making those decisions. But in my eyes, I'd like to have seen at least a few of these players that are out of, out of contract offered something so we have an idea where we stand because only only when you know what your uh, sort of what your foundations are for next season can you then start to build on that and look at the areas that maybe need strengthening in the summer excellent stuff right well the uh, the dinner is in full swing now uh, I haven't Sue hasn't collapsed yet with a uh, Charlton chicken so I, I think everyone's everyone's enjoying their dinner um, so I, I think we, we, we've had a good old look at the season where it's gone wrong um, I, I think now would be a good time just to we'll just mellow down a little bit relax enjoy watching people eat which we'll have to do because we ain't got our own food but we're going to wait now until the uh, the award ceremony takes over so in the, the next few moments in the podcast or that's probably going to be about an hour the way the rate is going this evening uh, we're going to wait to see um, who will be the, the player of the year we'll have the women's player of the year as well uh, after that we'll, we'll find out we'll come back have a little chat about it and then we'll start to get some of the player interviews uh, and the management interview and fingers crossed we'll get Thomas Sangard to come and speak to us as well so we'll be back in a few moments time on Charlton Live I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I am delighted to announce that this year's men's PFA community champion and the winner is Ryan Innes. Okay, our women's community champion, Lois Hukan. The Young Player of the Year to receive this award from Matt Baker, Chairman of Valley Gold, is Daniel Carnum. Okay, can I now bring up the Charlton Women's Manager, Karen Hills, to present the Women's Team Player of the Year Award. Karen. Okay. Please tell us the winner. And the winner is... Five now, Arthur Cummings. Arthur Cummings, congratulations. Okay, in third place is Connor Washington. 
Okay, this season's runner-up is unfortunately someone who's not able to attend tonight. But he did want to say this. Congratulations to Sean Clare. He has had a fantastic season. But this season's Player of the Year is someone, I think it's fair to say, had a really tough start to the season. Showed great resilience. And I actually think he's a, a fantastic inspiration, not just to other footballers who are going through a tough time, but anybody who's going through a tough time. Never gives up. Always gives his all. He won this with the biggest landslide on record. An incredible 77% of supporters voted for this guy. The winner of the Charlton Athletic Player of the Year for the 21-22 season is... George Dobson! Charlton Live. So, uh, joined by Jake Forster-Kasky, our first player interview of the evening. Jake, uh, thanks for coming to join us here on Charlton Live. Um, how are you, I guess? Uh, you've, had a, you've had a tough year, but you've you started coming back into it again. How are you feeling after, after these, these last few weeks of the season? Yeah, I'm delighted to be... Uh, I had a few goals that I wanted to get to, and um, obviously being fit at the end of the season and getting a few games under my belt was one of them. Um, I'd have liked to play it a bit more, if I'm honest. Um, but I'm really happy that I've come back and feel like I've in influenced a few games, um, even though there were some tricky ones while I come on in. Um, but, yeah, I'm really happy. I, my main focus was to be fit by the end of the season. I've done that, so uh, it's nice to now relax a little bit um, after working really hard this season. And um, now I've got six weeks to sort of take the weight off my shoulders and then uh, go again next next yeah, season yeah I mean obviously it's just your second serious injury and it was it three or four years so it must have been hard to to come back so to now be out the other side of that must be a, a weight off your shoulders at least yeah uh, unfortunately I think when you do one you're 50% or something some sort of stat like that uh, more likely to to do the other side so uh, in some sense of the word I'm sort of glad it's over and done with now and then I can just focus on playing football and enjoying football because that's what I love doing so yeah, that's behind me. I've, I've come back again, which I'm delighted about. And, yeah, I'm just excited to play football, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, we're here at the, the Player of the Year dinner. Um, George Dobson has won the Player of the Year. Obviously, that was uh, no, no surprise, I guess, for the Charlton fans. Who've seen. What, what have you made of watching George over the course of this season? Yeah, he's done really well. He's obviously a player that's, that's come in uh, new to the club. And he's, he's probably been, him and I would say, Sean Clare have been the only two that have probably come out of it and can hold their head high I think it's been obviously a tough season there's no getting a, away from that um, but yeah both of them have done really well but obviously George has done uh, done really well and he's been probably the most consistent player so he, he definitely deserves the award and, and all the accolades that he'll get tonight it, it, must, it must have been frustrating watching on from the sidelines in what has been you know, a really disappointing season for the club feeling like you can't go on and, and try and make a difference because there was there was times that it felt like we, we could have done with a Jake Forster Kasky in that team. Yeah, I don't really want to make it about me, um, but yeah, I think as player as players we're all we're all pretty honest and we know that we've 
had an underwhelming season and I would say personally anything out of the top six is, is an underachievement for a club of the size of Cholton. So um, like the gaffer said, there's a, there's a lot of learning to do and hopefully we can take that, that hurt and, and really kick on next year. So what happens next for Jake Forster Kasky then? You know, we've, we're in this stage now where there's a lot of players coming towards the end of their contract. Um, when I asked Johnny a few weeks ago, he said at that point no new contracts have been offered. I mean, has anything changed on that front? Have you had positive conversations with the club? No, uh, I've had no conversations. Um, so I don't really know. Uh, that The club have got a clause, um, but I don't know what really the future holds. I can't, I can't say either way. Um, I think it's for the club. It's obviously in their hands, so it's dependent on what the club want to do. Um, so for me now, I just I'm gonna over the summer just get myself in the best shape as possible, and then wherever that may be, just kick on again next year and 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 prove again that I'm one of I, well, I believe that I'm one of the best in this division. I mean, in your mind, if the club did approach you, have you you, know, you don't have to tell us now if you don't want to, but do you know what decision you would make if if they came at you with an offer? I haven't got a decision to make. They've got a, they've got a clause. Um, I love the club. I've been here for for many years. Um, I'd love to be here, but that's sort of out of my hands. So it's it's in the club's hands. And um, obviously, uh, after the next few weeks, I'll get some answers and and then uh, go from there. Really. Brilliant. Well, Jake, thanks for joining us on Charlton Live, and hopefully, we'll see you again. Charlton Live. Right. Well, we're now joined by the uh, the manager of the women's team and the uh, the player of the year for the women's team as well. So, Earth, I'll, I'll start with you. Congratulations on the award. How, how does it feel to be named the uh, the best player in the women's team this year? Yeah, it feels uh, it feels really amazing. Like, there's so many great players in the team, and to be voted the best player of the year, it's really special. It's fantastic. Yeah. How, how do you assess the season? Oh, it ended in, in in a really nice way today. Obviously, with the two one win at the at the, uh, at the Valley. But how do you see the season as a whole fifth um, this year obviously it's an improvement it's a yeah, first year as a professional team as well I think that obviously we'd have we've had like our ups and downs but I think like throughout the whole season we've shown, kind of shown what we're capable of and moving forwards it's just about uh, achieving that kind of consistency because we do play fan like we can, we're capable of playing brilliant football and we showed that today and we've shown that throughout the season but it's just about like ironing out those kind of mistakes and weaker performances so I think next season like anything is possible really yeah. We've, we've been yeah we've shown today that we're a great team and that yeah we're capable of a lot more than we've shown this season I think it's been a very good year personally of course you, you, you've been playing international football as well so I guess you can't be more pleased with how it's gone this year no yeah like I was chatting to my goalie coach I was chatting to Neil Moore about it today uh, well throughout the week and that and like personally yeah I've achieved like um pretty much everything I could have hoped this year like playing for Scotland that's been my ambition since I've ever started playing football and yes to be playing professionally for Charlton and playing like, every game this year has been fantastic and yeah I've loved it this year it's been fantastic it's yeah. been amazing there were 700 in today for, for the game and obviously I mean that, that saving the first half will probably go down as one of your best in the uh, in the <laughs> season what's it like to, I mean did it show the potential that the, the women's team have got here at the Valley there is a crowd that will come and watch yeah, them yeah absolutely I think we we can get more fans like today's game was fantastic I thought we were really it was an entertaining game from my perspective like obviously for parts of the game I am a spectator myself so I think I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really enjoyed the game and I thought we played some really brilliant football. Like some of the kind of exchanges and passing uh, interactions were brilliant. And like, I think definitely at the Valley it made such a difference because the pitch is like, obviously when you're playing a nice pitch and the ball goes where you hope it, to, hope it will go, that makes a big difference to playing over it, over a bobble or what have you. But like, yeah, it was great. 
great kind of uh, experience playing at a stadium like this and obviously with all the history it was fantastic brilliant Ertha thanks for joining us and I'll bring in your manager as well Karen um, first of all congratulations to her for a, a worthy recipient of the award this uh, this year yeah absolutely and obviously Earth has been a bit of a, a legend in goal for us this season and, and pulled off some absolutely outstanding saves and, and probably up there with uh, with save of the season for, for the championship in, in my eyes in, in not just one occasion but probably three or four so no Earth has got us definitely out of some uh, sticky moments this season but when you've got a goalkeeper of, of that calibre behind you then obviously uh, it's the rest of the girls have got lots of confidence in her we've got lots of confidence in her and I think yeah she, like she said she's had a fantastic season and, and rightly deserved that, that award how do you assess this season then finishing in, in fifth place obviously we, Liverpool have run away with the league so that, 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 was, that was quite a, a, a task to try and chase them down but in, in your first season as a professional outfit with a, a almost an entirely brand new team you, you pulled together are you pleased to finish sort of in fifth is that sort of where you expected at this point yeah like I didn't know I, I didn't know where we was gonna pitch ourselves like obviously pre-season looks very different everyone gets minutes to play and uh, we knew on paper that we was bringing in I was bringing in some quality players that was going to really help us um, do well in this league but obviously every team in the league has definitely increased their resources uh, there's more quality players in the league um, and I believe that any team in this league was going to beat anyone on any given day and that proved proved right and it, it went down to like five, six teams all all scrapping between one and two points where obviously Liverpool, rightly so, should have run away with it. They've got experienced players that have played in this league before, got experienced players that have played in the WSL, their, their club has been in the WSL um, and obviously unfortunately for them were relegated so they're on and off the pitch I think they are they was probably the team that everyone was always tipping to go up so no like the rest of us uh, obviously was on their tail um, but at the same time we played Liverpool twice and I thought we was excellent against them in both games so it goes to show well, just what Earth says like we just need to be more consistent um, but it's the first season and, and, and finishing fifth against teams that have played in this league a lot longer than us. I think that's credit to the group of players that we've got um, and gives us good uh, a platform to build for next season. Yeah, I mean, with, with Liverpool out of the way now, the, the league is open next season. Is, is, that, is, is, it, is it the time that the club tries to make that step towards trying to finish towards the top end? Uh, every team will say exactly the same at the end of the season. We re rebuild and everyone wants to win the league, but the, the championship is a hard league. In fact, any, any league you try to win is, is tough. Um, you've got to be consistent week in, week out. And, um, and we found that with Liverpool. But the championship's only one team going up, which is in my eyes um, something that needs to, to be better we need to have two teams going up because then it gives it could probably be a playoff place between second and third which would then really open it up to the rest of the teams chasing because after Christmas when you when you see Liverpool sort of riding away with it the, the rest of the teams are are sort of playing for not the, 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 the placing and there's not really that um, drive and excitement that I guess you'd want to see so I, I, I believe that definitely we should have the two teams that go up and, and possibly two teams that go down that also gives the tier three an opportunity to have two teams going up because again one of those teams that are going to qualify that put in their playoffs um, one of those have done exceptionally well won the league and they're still playing in the same league next season so I think if they hit the criteria and the resource and, and they've got the resources and the backing behind them then I think we've, we're in a position where we can definitely grow both leagues 
the WSL and the Championship and, and, and that's how we grow women's football. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you very much for coming and joining us on, on Charlton Live and all the best for, for next season. We'll be covering you guys again and hopefully a successful season. Charlton Live. Well, we're joining us now on, on Charlton Live here at the Player of the Year dinner, Corey Blackett-Taylor. Uh, Corey, thanks for, for coming to join us. Um, it's, it's been a good evening, obviously after a, a difficult season, but it's nice to get out there and, and mix with the fans at the end of this game. Yeah, definitely. Like something that I haven't really done at a lot of my clubs that I've been at, but this one, like I feel like the the club, uh, like they take a lot of time to go and spend time with the fans and I've, I've definitely enjoyed doing it this season mm. so I've enjoyed it tonight as well I, I, I dare say you've enjoyed the, the second half of this campaign as well you, you've, you've come back from injury and uh, you, you've really hit the ground running you, you had that great spell didn't you under, under Nigel where you came on and you were changing games and, and it's been the same since you've been coming back into the team recently yeah definitely I've had two two spells as you said but um, I've definitely enjoyed the second part more as I've played, got more game time and I've got more consistent run but yeah, it's a um, credit to the physios. As I said, we when I came back, they said I had ten games to just um, left, and I just need to go and attack them, and, and that's what I felt like I've done, like building up for next season as well. I'm looking forward to it. Mm, I mean, obviously, yesterday aside, which was a, a difficult day, it's been, it's been a pretty good end to the campaign. I mean, is that something that the players are clinging on to that maybe they can take some of that momentum before yesterday into next season? Yeah, it's something that we spoke about as like players. We just said like we're doing it for ourselves, you know, and like gearing up for next season, like. We've got the. We feel like we've got good enough players here to go and get promoted next season, and that's going to be our our, our aim. Mm, yeah, and obviously, um, the, the player of the year is given to George Dobson. It yeah. seems to be quite unanimous almost amongst the fans. What, yeah. what have you guys made of playing alongside him? Yeah, definitely. I feel like George had a um, tough start to begin with, but I feel like as he's once he came in, he's just been like our most um, consistent players. Played every game. He's reliable and. I like for me it makes my, my job easy as well playing with him so yeah definitely deserved it mm, yeah I mean go, going into the summer now obviously there, there's likely to be a big rebuild but you're one of the players who, who's already earned himself a new contract sort of quite early on in your yeah. time you, you, you've got an extended stay how much um, confidence is there that the, the club will be able to pull together and really and really make a go of it next year yeah definitely I feel like even bringing players in like Scott Fraser Chuck Zanuki in the um, in the um, January shows the kind of ambition that the club wants and I feel like with a few more additions it will show that even more and I feel like We've already got good players already, so a few more additions and then I feel like we should be all right. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to a break now? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I um, just want to have a break, but not too much. I want to make sure I'm back right for pre-season so that I can start the season how I finished it. Well, Corey, yeah, yeah. congratulations on a really good second half of the season and I'm hoping we'll see a lot more of that all season next year. OK, thank that you. Must be thank one you. of the right. most boring interviews <laughs> oh. ever oh. heard in my life. Oh, oh, my. <laughs> so Scott Fraser's <laughs> just turned up. Well, Scott, if you can do a better one, you're more than welcome. <laughs> Yeah, this one, this one here, mate. Oh, this one? Yeah. Be careful what they say, because you can't trust him. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's on, mate. Oh, it's on. Scott, I mean, you, you said Corey Blackett-Taylor probably gave a really boring interview. You've, you've already started beatboxing. I feel like I should start singing as well, mate. <laughs> How are you? Have you enjoyed your evening? It's been a, been a nice one to mix with the fans. I was at a good table. I was at a good table. My guy's here, man. <laughs> I was at a good table, it's been a good night. Yeah, what did, what, uh, what did you make of George Johnson being given player of the year? Uh, I prefer not to speak. <laughs> nah, he's done well, Dobo, he's done yeah. well. Uh, he's done well, let's just say that. How are you? You've been, you've been suffering with an injury recently. Yeah, how's, a nightmare. Yeah, how's your, uh, how's your knee? It's you better think, now. Yeah, you, uh, think, you think you'll be back in, yeah, in time for pre-season? Next, next, next season be sweet. Uh, obviously I had Covid, yeah. and then they think it developed with Covid. Um, because everything comes from COVID these days. <laughs> so I had to get a, a cyst removed from my knee, which has caused me a lot of bother, even in the games that I played. Um, 
So yeah, next season, pre-season, pre day one, that'll be me, ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, you were one of our big January signings, we were looking forward to hopefully hopefully seeing a lot more, but next season, I guess there's a real determination for yeah, yourself no, to Yeah, no, next season's a one, man, next season's a one, for me and the team. Yeah, what was it about coming to Charlton that, that made you want to come off, so you weren't getting much game time at Ipswich? And uh, uh, no, I was playing at Ipswich, but I was playing away position, playing. Yeah. And, and you, is that was that part of your reason for wanting yeah, to Yeah, and then I got a chance to come to London and live in the big smoke. Makes live sense. the big life. <laughs> uh, so I come London, and now I'm taking over London. Excellent stuff. Well, Scott, we really look forward to seeing you uh, next season. So thanks for coming to have a chat, and I'd definitely say you were more entertaining than Corey Blackett. Thank you. <laughs> Can I drop it? <laughs> <laughs> Charlton Live. Well, we're now joined on Charlton Live by the uh, manager. <laughs> Johnny Jackson. Johnny, I mean, first of all, George Dobson, player of the year. Um, a, a massive landslide and, and thoroughly deserved. Yeah, I think it's absolutely deserved. I think George has been, I think he's been really, really good this season. Obviously, he had a difficult start to it. Um, wasn't playing much towards the start of the season. Found himself lack of opportunities out of the squad at times. Um, obviously, under myself, he's had more opportunity and... Uh, one thing I said to the players day one of when I took over is that, you know, if you're in the team and you've got the shirt and you're producing the goods, then you stay in the team. And I think George is the epitome of that. I think from that first game up at Sunderland when I put him in the team and uh, he had a job to do for us, that he'd done it impeccably. And uh, he, he's kept his shirt from day one. And, you know, like he has... He's been an absolutely consistent performer. He hasn't always like like anyone, you know. He's not going to be brilliant every single week, but the consistency of the performance and the reliability that you're looking for as a manager in your players, uh, I think George Dobson has uh, epitomised that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess it's probably fair to say that not brilliant every single week has summed up our season. Um, it, it's, it's been a real tough one um, for yourself. What have you learned this campaign? How have you found it being thrown into you know, a difficult job? You started off so well. See, there's been some difficult runs. Um, I, I guess yesterday was probably a very difficult day for you as well. How, how are you feeling at the end of this year? What have you learned about yourself this year? Um, I've loved it. You, you know, it's it's been it's been emotional. It's been there's been stressful moments. It's been highs and lows. But this is what I asked for. You know, and this is what I wanted to be involved in. Uh, and I think I can look back on the campaign. With pride, you know, we was, I think, 22nd in the league when I took over. And, uh, um, you know, without speaking ill of, of, of the previous manager, like we was, we was in a perilous position, to be honest. We was in the relegation zone. We were staring down a barrel. It wasn't going well. So my first job was to get us out of that uh, and then look upwards. And I think, obviously, you, you almost become a victim of your own success in, in the fact that we had that great run when I took over and then you climb the table, you start looking up and you, and you start thinking about uh, what if, you know, where can it take us? And, and I've done the same and then I'm adamant, you know, I think in that, in that period just after Christmas there where, uh, you know, we lost Jaden Stockley, we lost Connor Washington, we lost Chucks and EK, we lost Corey Blackett-Taylor to injury. Now, if you look at our team now, uh, and how we go about things, and how uh, you know how we get success, major major factors in the in the things that get us success. So, I think any team that loses that amount of firepower in their team is going to struggle. 
and it coincided with a real tough run of fixtures uh, and it was difficult to pick up points in that period and even in games in that period you know I thought we was competitive uh, I thought we you know probably actually deserved more than we actually got but we didn't and there was reasons for it and then I, I understand the criticism that comes with that but from my point of view uh, you know, I hang my hat on the fact that you know when I've had the players available to me, and the ones that I want, and the ones that I think are, are capable of making us strong, the facts are that we get results. Uh, we've done that before the injuries. We've done that since the injuries, and uh, I think if if that hadn't have happened, curtailed our season. And like, who knows? Like, listen, you know, we we might have missed out anyway, but we certainly wouldn't have been 13th in the league. Uh, without without those setbacks so what you have to say is it happened you have to look on it you have to reflect you have to ask yourself if and when that happens again what you're going to do differently how you're going to learn from it what lessons have you learned there's loads there's loads I learned about myself and my staff and my players in that period you're right you asked it at the start of the question Lou I've been rambling on now for about four minutes but the question was you know did you learn more in that period than you did when you're winning yeah absolutely absolutely and uh, when you're winning it's easy when you're losing you find out about everything and everyone and uh, I learned a lot in that period and what I didn't know is that we would come through it and we did and we come through it strong we finished strong uh, I think the last day was a bit of an anomaly that happens last day of the season there's various reasons for it that we can or can't go into it's up to you if you ask the question I'll answer it if you don't I won't I'll, I'll, ask, I'll uh, ask you right now so I mean there's, uh, <laughs> there's players who know there's players who know they won't be here next season right. did, did they know that going into yesterday's game is that why uh, they didn't turn up yesterday do you know what it's, it's difficult and I sort of I thought that sort of performance might be coming but I hoped it wouldn't and we've managed to put it off if you like and I think that's credit to myself, my staff, my players, that we've managed to put it off for that long. Like we've had probably five, six dead rubbers at the end of, of the season, and we've had half my team out of contract or futures up in the air, if you like. Uh, some still undecided, and that's difficult. That's a difficult situation. Uh, and my worry was that that would affect, and we spoke about it a lot after games. I wanted my team to reflect the fact that. You know, they might be in a promotion fight, they might be in a relegation dogfight, but I wanted, I wanted there to be something on the game. And I think yesterday was probably the first time where you saw a team where you knew there was nothing on the game, and that made it really, really difficult. And I understand it, I understand it, and it's difficult as fans, as the manager, to uh, sort of write a game off, if you like. And uh, we went there to win, don't get me wrong. But uh, never panned out that way, did it? Yeah. And, uh, and, I've, and there's various reasons for it. One, one of the main things I've, when we when I spoke to you for Radio London yesterday, I found it really interesting. Uh, you know, we were talking about sticking to your guns, and, and obviously you, you did take a lot of criticism throughout that that poor run about the formation, and you, and you were insistent on staying on that. And that is, I mean, what's it like as a man, if in the, for the first time as a manager taking on that sort of criticism? And and how do you react to it? Did, did, did you at any point think I might need to change it, or are you you're so insistent in the, in the way that you think that this is this is what's going to work for you? I think you have to block out the noise. That's important. 
you have to sit to your guns as in what do you think is important and I spoke a lot about you know your pre-season that time to work with a squad I was thrust into the middle of it mid-season with with a team in 22nd place in the league in a relegation dogfight and you have to you have to prioritize what you think is the best work that you can get done on the training pitch and for me it was coming up with a, a way of playing a formation a style getting every single player in the whole squad whether they're, whether they're starting or not starting um, to buy into that so when we did have to make changes everyone knew what their role was within that team and then I think if you start making wholesale changes to personnel formations and stuff like that you, you know you leave yourself you, like you, you're chasing your towel and then obviously the I'll be honest with you I blocked out a lot of the noise you know what I mean like I, I don't mind saying like I deleted Twitter I deleted Twitter in that time I don't go on any of the social media because I don't want to be influenced by outside noise but I get what a lot of it probably was I changed formation do this do that I mean the team that won the league Wigan play 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 the team that comes second Rotherham that got promoted play 3-5-2 every single week Milton Keynes, Sheffield Wednesday, they all, like, it's a big theme in football at the minute. So, like, is it a problem with the formation? No. It, it was a problem that, that we didn't have any strikers available. Like, and I, like, I stand by that because they come back and we win. We win. And that's a fact. So, we don't win every game, but we win more than, than we don't. Uh, and the facts are, I don't mind saying it, we had, we had Washington and Stockley available to us for I think 14 games under my tenure and we lost two uh, I think we drew two and we, we won the rest so uh, listen it's, you know you can talk about formations this that blah 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 whatever but you know any manager will tell you you need your best players available to have any chance of doing anything anything good big summer isn't it? it I asked you this yesterday but I'll ask it again so we can get on the podcast <laughs> It, it, it is a big summer, you know, it's important that the players are in early, so that, that's one thing I guess that you will be hammering home to Thomas is you want to get as much business done as early as possible because the pre-season is big, but also it has to be the right players, you know, we, we brought in some players in January and Chooks and, and Scott, who I'm, I've no doubt are going to improve the squad, but obviously some of the, some of the players that we brought in in January didn't get as, as much of a chance as perhaps we hoped, so it has to be, I don't know, Thomas and, and the, the staff that helped pick the players that they have to get a really good hit rate this summer in order to, to be up there. I think, I think it's a massive massive summer for the football club um, for yourself I guess as well because it'll be your legacy that's on the well, line yeah of course you know I'm going to need the help I'm going to need the help from above there's no doubt about that uh, any manager will tell you that, that, that you know I've got a good idea of where I want to take it I've got big big plans you know I think I've got a good core of, uh, of, of players We'll be coming back on day one of pre-season and I think we'll be in a better place than we have been for the last few years, no doubt about it. But if we had the right types and the right ones in the right places, I think that gives us a great opportunity, you know. Like, there's no... Loads of people have spoke about the parallels of, of, of the, the Powell era uh, and, it, and it is so similar. And I spoke to Chris about this, you know. Like, there is going to be... need to be a rebuild, probably not as big as, as what he had on his hands, but... There's going to be need to be outgoings, ingoings. It's so vital um, that we get the right types, and all type by types. I mean, good players, but good characters. Like, it's something I'm big on. You know, that it has to be a good group of players 
uh, attitude-wise, to take the club forward. Like it's something that this football club demands a certain certain type and a certain attitude from their players. Like, I think I epitomise that as a player, and that's how that's I want my team to reflect that. You know, any manager will tell you that they want their team to reflect them. And I think on the main we have done that, but that's that's a big thing of mine going forward. So getting the right players, but get in the right positions, but getting the right characters as well is vital. And obviously I'm going to need the help from above to do that. You know, that's uh, I've got a good idea of where I want to take it, but I'm going to need that help to implement that uh, to get the right squad that I want going forward. Johnny, thanks for your time throughout the season and uh, for coming to speak to us this evening. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. Charlton Live. We're now joined on Charlton Live by uh, Jason Pierce. Jason, thanks so much for, for coming over. Have you enjoyed your evening? Yeah, it's been good. It's always uh, nice to interact with the fans. Obviously, it's been not the, not the best season this year, um, but the support's been fantastic as usual. Ever since I've been here, supporters have been unreal. So, no, nah, it's nice to interact with all the fans and um, just give a little bit of something back, really. Yeah. How, how do you assess, it's been a difficult season for the club, how do you assess your, your own season? Obviously, you haven't played perhaps as much as you've wanted, but how, how do you think you've got on? Um, yeah, obviously, the, I, I signed as a backup, didn't expect to really play this season at all. Um, that's what I was told at the start of the season. Obviously, I've played over 20-plus games this year and I feel like I've contributed uh, to, to help the team this year. It's been quite up and down, but um, but no, I've been I've been pleased with my own personal performance. But um, you know, I have to see what 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 next season brings. Yeah, well, that is the obvious question for all the players who are out of contracts. I mean, I guess you're in a position where you do have a decision to make. You, you want to go into coaching, but you still want to play a couple more years. I mean, do you know if that if that opportunity for you will be here? Yeah, um, I've been told by the gaffer that um, that he don't, he don't want me this year, next year. Sorry, um, so. From a playing point of view, uh, won't be won't be here. Um, but I'm hoping that there's there's potential for me to get a coaching role here, um, and then obviously I have options to play elsewhere. So I love the club. Uh, I think everyone knows that, and, and I play like I think I play like I love the club. So yeah, I, I'm seriously going to consider a coaching role. But obviously I'm still relatively young, and I can still play. So I'll see what else is out there. But you know, I've, I've loved my time here, and, and I'd love to stay. So in, in some capacity, I'm. Yeah, I am disappointed that um, he do not want me, but that's just football at the end of the day, and I've, I've sort of given my all, and we'll see what happens. Well, I'm sorry, sorry to hear that, Jason. But so when you look back at your time as a player at the club, um, I, I guess you will have some fond memories. The best one probably Wembley, but there's there's so many, so many good ones since you've yeah, been. Yeah, no, I've, I've I've loved it. I've loved it here. Um, I, I feel like I'm I'm Charlton Charlton now. Um, it's a family club, and, and I'm a, I'm a family man, and I, lo- I love it here. So. No, I hope I hope I can stay here in some capacity um, and help the young ones coming through use my experience like that. Um, we just have to I'll see how the summer goes, and I've got a big decision to make this summer. Probably the biggest decision in my career, and it's been sort of my head's been a little bit scrambled in, in the last week or two because I didn't know what was going on, and it's been difficult. It's, it's, it's a weird one, but no, I'm I'm, I'm delighted um, with, with, with with how it's gone here and playing at Wembley, the highlight of my, my whole career, and so no, I've, I've loved it. Well, I think from what I have seen from you as a captain and when you come to speak to us after games, um, I, I do think you seem to be a good leader of men and I think you will take that into your coaching role. So I wish you all the best for that. If that's no, what I appreciate it. Take, so. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for your time in the club and thanks for um, dealing with us as in the media, which I'm sure is no. not your favourite thing to do. No, no, I've been quality yeah, and I've enjoyed, enjoyed every minute. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Charlton Live. Well, we're now joined on Charlton Live by the Charlton Athletic Player of the Year, George Dobson. 
Um, George, congratulations. Uh, how, how does it feel? I mean, you said, you said to Scott Minto that you knew all along it was going to be you uh, after your start to the season. And I mean, but, I mean you, you had to turn it around. So you must be really pleased with how this year has gone yeah, in the end. It's an amazing feeling, uh, genuinely. Um, for me, uh, obviously, the way it started and for the way it's finished on a personal level, I feel like it couldn't have gone much better. Obviously, I'm disappointed with how it's gone on the pitch in terms of the position, but the way we started, it was obviously such a tough position to make up. But uh, nah, genuinely, I'm delighted. Yeah, and uh, some stiff competition in the uh, in in the squad today, but it turns out you got the uh, the largest winning margin ever for the jump over the year. So yeah. that's some backing from the supporters. Yeah, I heard that. I heard what was it? Seventy-seven was it? Seventy-seven percent. Like you needed reminded, yeah. <laughs> nah, to be fair, that's ridiculous. Really. And goal of the season as well, so it's been it's been. Yeah, it's always nice night. when a shank gets goal <laughs> of the season, but no, seventy-seven percent is obviously brilliant. Like for me personally, I obviously feel like I've given everything in every game I played. Some games hasn't been good enough for me personally, and obviously from the team. But um, I've given everything every time I've played. Um, and I, I, I've loved every minute of it through the ups and the downs and people will say that might be rubbish I was going to say another word but um, that's the god honest truth um, and I've loved it genuinely I guess you you've, you came here with something to prove didn't you after yeah. what happened with Sunderland obviously you had that, that loan spell with Wimbledon which yeah. went quite well but you know, you, you came here with something to prove. You had something to prove, I guess, when Jacko took over as well. Is that when you feel that you're at your best? Definitely. Uh, the, the gaffers, the gaffer just gave me an opportunity. Sometimes in football, that's all you need. You need someone to put their faith in you. You need someone to tell you you're a huge part of my plans, and it, it's your opportunity to lose. And obviously, going up to Sunderland, he was like, basically, Dobbo, this is your opportunity. And I just feel like I've given him everything. I feel like I've given the team everything. I feel, I feel like I've given the club everything. And um, as I said earlier... Scott Fraser's giving you something right now. The finger. <laughs> it was obviously sometimes... Uh, I haven't been brilliant. But uh, I've genuinely given everything for the club, for the fans, for the whole... Genuinely for the whole club. And I, I've left every minute of it. We've been through some tough times this season. Obviously, yesterday was no exception, unfortunately. I guess there, there must be a determination from those of you who know you will be here next season to, to really go and put this right. And, and Scott Fraser is about to say, say how tough it is. We are. No, yeah, this season's not been good enough. We, we've got a number 10 who we brought in called Scott Fraser from Ipswich, who's offers, offered us nothing. <laughs> and, and, and we've got someone else online from Luton. With Elliot Lee. Elliot. Hello. Hello. Elliot Lee, how are you doing? Well, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too how bad. How are you, Elsie? <laughs> Georgie Dobson, Player of the Year. Love that. Yeah, yeah cheers, Elsie. Elsie won that. Do you agree with the decision, Elliot? Um, yeah, probably on the whole. He's been, he's been very good for us, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, when every, yeah. everyone else has been terrible. Yeah. It's been a poor standard, obviously. <laughs> but, um, obviously, it's not something to da laugh and joke about, but... Yeah. It's, it's, you've got to make a laugh and joke about it. Really, Ryan and Chris, people of the year as well, by the way. It's been an unfortunate season, but hopefully next season a lot yeah. more successful. Uh, have you enjoyed your time in the Valley? Yeah, I've loved it. It's been great. Obviously, I would have liked a more successful season. But, um, oh, no, I want to become a charity legend like my dad. <laughs> and I love it here. What, brother? I can't wait to sign here permanently. Is in that the brother Lee? 
Are you thought, are you thought much about what's happening next year, Ilya? Is, is that the no, I haven't thought that, mate. So, listen, I'm, I'm it's... I'm looking really forward to seeing it here. I love the club and hopefully it'll be successful. George, congratulations, Elliot and Scott. Thanks for joining us uh, on Charlton Live. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Charlton Live. Right, well, now joining us on uh, Charlton Live, our player of the uh, year dinner podcast is the owner, Thomas Sanger. Thomas, uh, first of all, thanks for coming over. Have you have you enjoyed your evening? Oh, my God, it's been brilliant tonight. Such, such, a, such a wonderful event. So many fans here. And, and obviously the whole, um, I mean, seeing Dobson winning his prize, uh, actually two of them, because yeah. he's got goal of the year. Yeah, so, uh, well deserved for George Dobson. It's been a, it's been a, yeah. a strong season from him and from, from Earth. Yeah, and, and nice, well. exactly. Nice to have the women here today. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Perfect. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, it's been, it's been a tough season, hasn't it? I guess that you as owner, you're still learning the ropes. I guess, how have you assessed your time in charge so far? Well, I, I think regardless of where, where you end up in the league, it, it's always going to be a tough season. It, it's a tough league, and it's it, it's professional football. It's it's tough, and it 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 takes so much. Everything we do behind the scenes, all these little improvements we are making, eventually they will start showing on the pitch. But as as but to, to your point, it hasn't shown on the pitch yet. So this season here was uh, could, could have gone a lot better. Obviously, got off to a horrible start and uh, slowly got back into it. We never made it past the, the midpoint, but... Uh, well, that was going to be my question. I mean, why do you think it did go so wrong this year, you know, at the start, and then obviously we've had difficult spells since then? What, what, what would you say would, would be the well, main issue? Well, you could say it started from, uh, was it February, March of last year, when we, uh, when we got Nigel Atkins in. Uh, it was a brilliant end to the season. We nearly, we nearly got us in, into the playoffs. We were one goal away, right? Uh, in, in any game, nearly. And uh, so I was very optimistic. We did not have a good transfer window in, in that. I think we got some really good players that are now part of the, the, the core of what we're building on. But we, we, we got into to the transfer way too late. Um, and that gave us a, a horrible preseason. What does that give you? Well, you don't get out right off the gates very well, and you're more prone to injuries when you don't have a good, good preseason. And that's exactly what we saw. Um, so, unfortunately, we had to, to say good, goodbye to Nigel, and uh, we we had Johnny Jackson in as caretaker. Was it six, seven, eight games, and uh, we, we nearly won won them all. So that was a nice turnaround. Then again, we had a slump of, of games that that didn't go so well, and we we ended the uh, the season except for, for for yesterday's game obviously um, but we have some nice wins here uh, towards the end of the season uh, but, but what I'm really really expecting is that a much better transfer window that we started this year we, we've started about two months ago and it, we have many people on on getting us the right players uh, to the outside it doesn't look like we're doing much because we haven't signed any players yet, but uh, it, it's a struggle to get through to, to agents and, and convince them it's, it's time to sign now instead of on deadline day. And I guess, I guess so that is, you would say, one of the main takeaways from last the last transfer window. It was a complaint that Nigel oh, had, is that yeah. we were too slow, and, and that will be fixed and this year. And we had just built a recruiting system that we have now totally replaced that is, is so much better uh, than, than we... And before that, it was just a good old agents calling you up and telling you someone is a good lad and that's what you go by. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's pretty much what it was. So is that, right, when I took is that it part over. of the way that, you've, that you're going to try and fix what happened last year? Is obviously we know we know the likes of Jed moved on and and there's been changes in that department. Is that part of your way to try and it's, shake things up so it's better it's, this year? It's all the way around. It's a lot of little things, better uh, facilities in terms of the um, of, of, of the buildings we have on the training grounds. As a side effect, the, uh, obviously the, the academy also get better facilities. It's introducing individual coaching so each player get the type of coaching. They need to improve that a little bit. It's, it's better recruiting, as, as we just said. It's, um, we, we already have our medical and, and, and uh, sports science teams on. I, I, I demanded that next season our training has to have a minimum of 10% more intensity in the trainings. So we, we, we train at a level you minimum see in, at, at the cha championship. All, it's all around that, that we are improving. And eventually, uh, it, it goes for any business, because it's, it's still a business. If you keep putting better and better, a better foundation in place, it'll eventually show on the pitch. And but I'm, I'm impatient too, <laughs> this season. <Yeah. laughs> and, and I guess you, you found out obviously since you come in or you would have known before you came in, it's an expensive business to run, to run a football oh, yeah. club as well. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm 16 million pounds yeah. in already. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, 8 million this, this season gonna, alone. Like, would Johnny have money to spend on players in, in, in some yeah, of the transfer fees? And we, uh, I, I believe we had the third biggest uh, yeah. player budget uh, this and season. Do you think it's going to be likely the same it, it, it'll, it'll probably be at a, in the same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so it's about now getting that, that recruitment right. And uh, I mean, so one of yeah. the questions, obviously, that I'm sure you're probably expecting is um, people, I, I would love to have interviewed your son this afternoon because I know he's got a, a big part to play going forward for the club and, and we don't really know a great deal about him. So what, what will he be bringing to the table? What's his experience in the game? Well, the, uh, the, the improvements he has made to the recruiting system is just amazing. I'm, I'm blown away when, when it's so easy to work with. Anybody with common sense can 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 now work with it it was very theoretical uh, what we had before and before again before that we have close to nothing other than just good negotiating skills from the Steve Gallen um, but that has really improved it uh, Martin is also responsible for for the individual coaching that, that that's going to take place now etc so, so what he's, he's going to be coaching players he's no 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 uh, John D'Souza reports to Martin all oh, right so see, so so, so he, uh, what I wanted to make sure is that we don't have an individual coach that suddenly gets sucked into just moving cones around on a regular training day, right? So, so we really add some value. Yeah. So, I mean, so set pieces and things yeah. like that. We yeah. will so, be working. So, having said it, it has been a tough year. I mean, how, how have you found it sort of within yourself? Obviously, you, you come under the scrutiny now of the fans, which is probably right. Yeah. Uh, when, when you well, for the most, they're very positive and appreciative of uh, that. That we we're holding the course and. And, and uh, just improving the, the club overall and they, they don't have to fear that strange decisions are made from one day to the other that it could be detrimental. Yeah. And I guess you have to find the right level of ambition and confidence to go into a new season as well with, right, with, yeah. without overselling it I guess. So that was probably one criticism last year where the fans felt we were oversold that this was going to be an mm -hmm. easy job. That was something you said recently, it's, right, it's easy running a football club. But I guess that it's never easy and I guess that's something you found out over the course it's, well it's never easy but on the other hand you, I'm too old to change my style and I'm pretty confident about where we will end up and, and therefore I'm not keeping my mouth shut about that okay. so uh, so um, I, I hope long term that 
fans will appreciate that I, I, I speak my mind instead of just trying to be politically correct, yeah. which is easy to do, but uh, I, I'm, I'm confident that what we do will, will get us here. Of course, uh, there's 23 other clubs in, uh, in the same league we're in that, that has a say on it, and therefore, for the most in my mind, it's a matter of what that does to the timing of, of getting us promoted rather than if we eventually will get promoted. Yeah, I mean, it, it will be a very busy summer. I guess it starts with the contract negotiations for the current players. I mean, uh, J Jason's told us tonight he's, he's, he's on his way. Uh, I, I guess that will be something that you and the club will be yeah. trying to oh, we, speed we, up we, over we, the next few we, weeks. Uh, now, just, just like many other uh, situations, we've been talking for many months to Jason mm. and have found the right role uh, for him at the club so we can continue to take advantage of he, his amazing personality and I'm actually blown away because I remember when he a few months ago gave me a presentation of some some coaching techniques and things he would like to, to introduce uh, he's, he knows what he's doing he's not just the, the tough guy on the pitch that, that gets everybody fired up and, and, and is controlling the defense he's, uh, he's, he's, he's very smart in in terms of what he knows about football. And you've got a manager who, who's obviously been at the club a long time. And, and oh my God, John is a legend. Yeah, yeah and uh, I mean, they're, they're, there's full confidence in him going into it. Obviously, he, he's improved the team massively from, from what he took over. And there's been some wobbles during an injury yeah. injury spell, but I guess you, you throw your weight behind him and, and back him in the summer, and then we see where we go from there. Great, yeah. So um, we are obviously working together in, in terms of what we're doing of recruiting, who are we keeping, who are we not keeping, and, and how we manage that whole... It, it, it's a big puzzle, multidimensional, right? So it, 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 it takes more than just one person uh, doing that. So we, we have a really good dialogue about about that and, and how it's going to progress here throughout the summer. And unfortunately also all the way up to deadline day. But it's part of the game. Brilliant. Well, Thomas, this is your debut on Charlton Live, so thanks for coming to join us on the podcast, and hopefully we'll, we'll see a lot more of you next week. Yeah, season. thanks, Louis. Thank you, that's appreciate it. Charlton Live. Right, well, there you go. I hope you've enjoyed our uh, Player of the Year dinner special here. It's, it's late into the evening at half 11, uh, way past Terry's bedtime. And, uh, and <laughs> mine got, as well. Uh, the care home's closing up, I've got to go. <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who's, uh, who's tuned into this. Thanks to uh, all of those uh, players and, and uh, well, managers and of course the owner who came to speak to us um, you know, it's sad, really sad to hear that Jason Pierce is leaving actually after, after, after what he revealed to us exclusively here on Charlton Live uh, but yeah really good in, um, chats I think with, with Thomas Sangard and, and with, um, with Johnny Jackson uh, with Karen Hills as well from, from the women's team and all the players who came to speak to us uh, especially Scott Fraser who has certainly enjoyed his evening so I want to say thank you uh, to everyone who's listened to Charlton Live uh, throughout the season. I want to say thank you to everyone who's been on the show uh, as well uh, throughout the season. So um, obviously there's no uh, Sue here. I don't know where she's gone. She's wandered off. Down there yeah, but, um, uh, No Mark here as well this evening. So I want to say a massive thanks to, to Mark Newbury. Uh, and of course to the four people sent in front of me. So Terry, it's been an absolute pleasure. Congratulations on your commentary all season as well. It's thank been you a, so it's much. Been it's, been a, it's been a great, uh, well, it hasn't been a great season, but it's been a fun season. It's been a quality night. I've been uh, Benji's elbow support all evening. And I'm off to fire a wiring diagram for uh, for Nathan. Mm. And uh, Benji, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the season. Oh, uh, this thank is, you very much, yeah. mate. Pleasure's been all mine. Uh, Lewis Cat, 
Thank, thank you very you, much. Thank you, mate. No worries. Pleasure's all mine. Nathan Miller. Bit emotional, mate. That's been emotional, and that's why I'm saying mm. I've saved the best till last because last night. We were at the Charlton Live wedding. Well, that makes it sound like Amy was on the pod as well. But Tom Walling from Charlton Live got married last night. So we are dedicating this show to Tom and Amy, the new yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Walling. Uh, a, a, an excellent evening. I hope you really enjoyed yourselves. It was a, a beautiful wedding when we got there. Uh, and we ruined it by telling them that we lost 4-0 at Ipswich. So there we go. So uh, thank you to everyone uh, who's listened to the show throughout the season. I'm Louis Mendes. We'll meet again. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.